الحمد لله صلى الله وسلم على رسوله محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أما بعد All praises for Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his messenger Muhammad the son of Abdullah and upon his companions and his family. This is the second sitting and we will complete what we began from commenting on the aqidah, the belief or creed of Imam al-Bukhari. And those who narrated from him, from the Imams of the Salaf. And ascribing this Aqidah, this creed to Imam al-Bukhari, is because he has narrated it from those who came before him. And he himself believed in it. And he himself wrote it. And he called to it. لا لأنه أنشأها من عنده. And not that Imam al-Bukhari he himself came up with or invented this creed. العقيدة ومنهج أهل السنة. So the belief of أهل السنة and the methodology of أهل السنة. لم يحدثه لنا إمام من الأئمة. Then no Imam came up with this aqida from their own self. لا البخاري ولا الإمام أحمد ولا ابن تيمية ولا غيرهم. Not Imam. Bukhari, not Imam Ahmed, not Ibn Taymiyyah, or not anyone else from them. Indeed, all of these Imams only narrated and conveyed to us this correct belief of the Sunnah. And they were aided, or sorry, and they were harmed and tested due to their aiding it. So this correct aqidah, this correct belief, is from the Qur'an and the Sunnah and that which the noble companions had agreed upon. And like that, when we say the creed of Imam Sufyan al-Thawri or the creed of the two Razis those were Abu Hatim and Abu Zura, the two Imams. Likewise, when we say the aqidah or the creed of Imam al-Shafi'i, when we say the usul al-sunnah, foundations of the sunnah of Imam Ahmed, and other than that are many examples. The meaning or intent behind that is that those, are the, those imams narrated or conveyed this creed to us. وتمسكوا بهذا الاعتقاد. and they clung to it. ليس أنهم أحدثوه من عند أنفسهم. not that they themselves made up that creed or that belief. فعقيدة السنة اتباع. so the creed of the sunnah is in following. لا تتعدى نصوص الكتاب والسنة. لا تتجاوز نصوص الكتاب والسنة. and the correct belief never goes beyond the text of the Quran or Sunnah. فأقول رواه الإمام لك قال الإمام اللالكائي رحمه الله. الإمام اللالكائي رحمه الله he narrated it. اعتقاد أبي عبد الله محمد بن إسماعيل البخاري رحمه الله. The creed of Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Ismail al-Bukhari رحمه الله. في جماعة من السلف. Among a group of the salaf. الذين روا عنهم. 
those who narrated it from him. So this is not only the creed of Imam al-Bukhari. Rather, this is the creed of all of the imams of the Salaf that he met. وقد ذكر أنهم أكثر من ألف إمام وعالم. He mentioned that there are more than one thousand scholars and imams. وقد كانوا على هذا الاعتقاد الصحيح. And they were upon this correct belief. متمسكين به. Clinging to it. وداعين إليه. And calling to it. فهم أسوتك في الحق. So they should be your example in following the truth. وقدوة لنا في السنة. For us in sticking to the Sunnah. And you shouldn't be harmed or held back due to the few of them in number in our time. For indeed in the past they were many. And they became less in the later years. But the truth remains. And it is aided. And the truth is not harmed by there being few people adhering to it. Imam Al-Awza'i Rahimahullah said, Do not be deceived by the great number of people that are destroyed. Do not be put off or do not be, be averse to the few people that are following the correct path. For indeed, the affair will become clear on the day of resurrection and upon death. It will become clear and apparent that you are upon great riches. So the life is short. What amount of joys and blessings you receive in it, you are still going to leave those joys in this life. So cling to the Sunnah. Like the Prophet said, in the Hadith of Irbad ibn Sariyah, that Imam al Tirmidhi and Abu Dawood narrated, such as of Hakim in, in Masadrah, in which the Prophet said, Whoever of you lives long after me, he will see great amount of difference. So upon you is to follow my Sunnah. And the Sunnah of the upright, rightly guided Khulafa after me. تمسكوا بها. Cling to it. وعضوا عليها بالنواجذ. And bite onto it with your molar teeth. وإياكم ومحدثات الأمور. And beware of the newly invented matters. فإن كل محدثة بدعة. For indeed, every newly invented matter is an innovation. إلى آخر الحديث. Until the end of that hadith. فتأمل قوله عليه الصلاة والسلام. So contemplate that statement of the Prophet Contemplate these three points of his advice. Cling to the Sunnah. This word in Arabic, tamasak, is 
more severe, more strong of a clinging than just hunting, than just holding. Like if somebody is in the sea. And the large waves are coming in on him. So he's going to be pulled away by the waves and drowned. So you're going to call out to that man. You would say to him, Hold on very strongly. Don't say to him, Don't say to him, just grab or hold the rope. Say, grab onto it and cling to it strongly. Rather, you cling Hold on to it strongly with a strong, firm hand. Because the waves are going to pull him out. And those waves would kill him if he didn't hold on to the pipe hand. And then you, you would advise him. And say to him. Bite on to that rope also with your teeth. Why would you say to him that also? Because you, he's, the danger is completely surrounded from those waves. And that which is pulling him away from those waves is so strong. So that is like how the Prophet said here. Cling onto it strongly. And bite onto it with your molarity. As a indication of how strong that grip should be. Due to the strength and severity of those who try and pull you away from it. And if you were to leave it, then you would be destroyed. Just like the one who is out in sea. If he was to let go of that rope, then he would drown. And we ask Allah's pardon and protection. So this is the belief of all of the Imams. Imam al-Bukhari narrates to us here. That Imam which the Ummah have agreed upon his trustworthiness and his truthfulness and his accuracy. رحمه الله تعالى. May Allah have mercy upon him. قال اللالكائي رحمه الله. So اللالكائي رحمه الله said. وسنقرأ إسناد النسخة. And we will read out the chain of narrators for this narration of this أقيد. هذا يسمى الإسناد. This is the chain of narration. الأحاديث لها أسانيد. Just as the أحاديث of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم have chains of narration. And it is the chain of narrations of the men who heard from each other. From the student to his teacher. And that sheikh to his sheikh. Just like if I said that Adam told me that Muhammad told me that Nizam said to him this is the chain. So if everyone in that chain is reliable and trustworthy, 
قد روى كل واحد عن الاخر فهو اسناد صحيح وهذا الاسناد خصيصه هذه الامه قال الامام عبد الله بن المبارك امام عبد الله بن المبارك الاسناد من الدين that the chain of narration is from the religion ولولا الاسناد and if it wasn't for the chain of narration لقال من شاء ما شاء then whoever wanted to say something would just say it فمن روى لنا شيئا so whoever has narrated to us something او نقل لنا قولا or conveys to us some statement عن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم from the prophet sallallahu alaihi or from the companions or from the tabi'een or from any of those imams that has the following then we say to him prove it and give us your chain of narration so that we can look into that chain of narration so if we see that that chain of narration is authentic then we and if it was not, if we see that it is not authentic, then we reject. So with this method, then we reject any ahadith which are weak. No, then we reject any ahadith which are weak or fabricated. Likewise, we reject whatever is ascribed to the imams, but they did not actually say it. So we do not accept the narrations of statements except with authentic chains. And like that regarding is regarding all statements. We affirm and confirm that they are authentic. قبل أن نتعامل معه. Before we deal with it. فهنا قال اللالكائي رحمه الله. So here Imam Al-Lalakai رحمه الله said. وأنبه. And I want to point out. أنتم إن شاء الله تقرؤون صحيح البخاري. You all إن شاء الله will read Sahih Bukhari. وموجود في المكتبة كما أرى. And I see that it is here in the library. ومترجمًا إلى اللغة الإنجليزية. And it's translated into English. فستقرؤون أسماء الرواة. So when you read it, you'll read certain names of the narrators. والأسانيد. And you'll read the chain. وتتعرفون على هذا. And you'll begin to recognize and get to know these chains. قال اللالكائي رحمه الله. إمام اللالكائي said. أخبرنا أحمد بن محمد بن حفص الهروي. قال حدثنا محمد بن أحمد بن محمد بن سلمة قال حدثنا أبو الحسين محمد بن عمران بن موسى الجرجاني قال سمعت أبا محمد عبد الرحمن بن محمد بن عبد الرحمن البخاري بالشاش هذه بلدة. So even in the shash, بلدة. In this chain that he's mentioning, that each chair is narrating from his chair. Has come to the point where, the, in the chain, he's even mentioned the land that that sheikh was when, from. When so this land that this narrator was from is called Ashash, and the one who is from Ashash is known as Ashashi. 
الشاشي ومنهم من فقهاء الشافعية القفال الشاشي and القفال الشاشي is from the scholars of the imams of the Shafi'iyah madhab and he is from that place قال سمعت أبا محمد عبد الرحمن بن محمد بن عبد الرحمن البخاري بالشاشي يقول سمعت أبا عبد الله محمد بن إسماعيل البخاري يقول هنا سيبدأ كلام الإمام البخاري So here the last imam or the last narrator in this chain says and I heard Imam Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Ismail al-Bukhari say and now here is where we'll begin the statement of what Imam al-Bukhari said. سيذكر البخاري فيه أمرين هامين Imam al-Bukhari will mention here two very important matters. الأمر الأول بلدان ودول The first matter is different lands and nations. رحل إليها different lands that he journeyed to so that he could learn knowledge and hadith and compiling the hadith of the Messenger from these lands are lands which he entered only one time and from the lands are those that he entered twice and some of these lands he entered and journeyed to them three times or more. So he traveled thousands of miles. Walking upon his feet. Or riding upon donkeys or mules. All of that effort to compile the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah. So may Allah reward him with good for what we and the it's obligatory that we know and recognize the virtue of the people of Hadith and the good that they did for all of this Ummah. And that we recognize their rights. So we love the Imams of Hadith. And we praise them. And we spread their virtues there is not any angle or any type of knowledge except that these scholars authored books and the writings of the imams of the people of hadith then they are the best writings and the best books so the imams of hadith wrote books of tafsir explanation of the Quran and they wrote about the, the correct aqidah and tawheed and sunnah. And they wrote books of fiqh. And they wrote about history. There is no type of knowledge that this ummah needs except that the imams of hadith have wrote about these chapters or subjects of the religion. May Allah have mercy upon all of them. And from their ways or their method, methods is that they would journey, they would travel to seek knowledge and to seek the ahadith. And nowadays you can just buy the ahadith of the Prophet 
talking about. هذا حصيلة جهد. This is the result of all of that effort. ونتاج عمر. And the the fruits of that life. ونتاج رحلة آلاف الأميال. And the result of those journeys of thousands of miles. وسهر الليالي. And the staying up at night. في الكتابة والتنقيح. And writing and in sorting out. واليوم أتاكم سهل. And nowadays you get it so easy. ميسر. Very easy. رخيص ثمنه. Very cheap, not expensive. مترجم إلى لغتكم. And translated into your language. فجد في طلب العلم. So strive in seeking knowledge. وقراءة حديث رسول الله. And in striving, reading the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu مع أنفسكم وأهليكم. Read it with yourselves and among your family. وإخوانكم. And with your brothers. فقد رح وصل إليكم الكتاب. For indeed, this, this book has reached you. وجاءكم العلم والحديث. And the knowledge and hadith has reached you. ولم ترحلوا إليه. And you didn't have to travel for it. فاشكروا هذه النعمة من الله عز وجل. So be thankful to Allah for this blessing. الحمد لله. So all praises for Allah. إذا الأمر الأول البلدان. So this first issue that we mentioned is the different lands. وقد كان يسافر الرجل used to be that a man would travel من شرق الأرض إلى غربها from the east all the way to the west of the land. لا يحتاج إلى ما يحتاج إليه اليوم. And he didn't used to need what we need nowadays. من أنواع الأوراق والثبوت ونحوها. Such as the different types of documentation and identification such as the passport and other than that. فرحل رحمه الله. So he used to journey with him Allah. كما رحل غيره. Just like other than him. And him used to journey and travel. And he faced difficulties and hardships in his travel. And he would be in situations of fear when he's in rain. And sickness and tiredness. All for the sake of aiding the ahadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi The second affair after mentioning the land. He mentioned specific individuals from his scholars and the imams of his time. Those whom he met. And he mentioned some of them by name. So that you may know them. And that you can go back and refer to their biography. وتعرف أنهم أصحاب منزلة عالية. and that you may know that they are people of high status. في العلم. in their knowledge. والعمل. and in their action. والسنة. and in following the sunnah. والدعوة إلى ذلك. and in calling to all of them. والصبر على الأذى في ذلك. and being patient upon the harm that came to them due to that. فتحبهم. so that you may love them. وتثني عليهم. and you may praise them. وتعرف نقل تدينه. That you may know who it is that has conveyed your religion. They are not just unknown people. They are not people that are accused of having bid'ah. But rather they are people who are well known and famous. And their heads were raised up due to their, sin- their clinging to the sunnah. So you... As for, as for your religion, you do not take it from someone unknown. لا تعرفه. Who you don't know. ولا تأخذه عن مجروح بالبدعة. And you don't 
take it from somebody who has been accused and affirmed of having innovation with him. لهذا سمى الإمام الإمام البخاري بعض شيوخه. Due to that, Imam al-Bukhari has named these shuyukh, these scholars of his. And this is due to the, the principle of the sharia, which the salaf had agreed upon. And that is the statement of the salaf. Name for us your men. So whoever was from Ahlul Sunnah, then his Hadith were accepted. And whoever was from the people of innovation, then his hadith were not accepted. So it was said, Name for us your men. And likewise, in our time now, that you should know who are the carriers of the Sunnah, both in your own land and in other than your land. And you should know those clearly apparent Imams of the Sunnah. Those whom the Prophet said about them. There will not cease to be a group from my Ummah upon the truth. Clearly apparent. They will not be harmed by those who oppose them. ولا من خذلهم. nor by those who do not aid them. أي ترك نصرتهم. meaning those that do not. وإعانتهم وإعانتهم على الحق. فتعرف من شيوخ السنة مثلاً. so you should know from the scholars of the Sunnah, for example. من اليمن الشيخ مقبل الوادع رحمه الله. from Yemen, Sheikh Mukbil رحمه الله. ظاهر معروف. he is well known. ومن الشام الإمام الألباني رحمه الله. and from the area of Sham, Imam Albani. Even if some of their students had deviated after the death of those Imams. This happens in every time and every place. That which is important is who died upon the Sunnah. And as for those who are alive, then they are never completely safe from being afflicted by fitna or turmoil. So we ask Allah to keep us firm upon the sunnah until we meet him. And likewise in Kuwait, you know the mashaykh of sunnah. Like Sheikh Ahmed Subay and Sheikh Al-Anjari and other than them. Like in Egypt, Sheikh Khalid Abdul Rahman and his brothers. And likewise, all of these Mashaikh, such as Sheikh Rabir, Sheikh Fouzan, and before them, Sheikh Ibn Abbas, Ibn Uthaymin, and other than them, which are so many. And likewise, those in every land. Just like Imam al-Bukhari here. Just like here, how Imam al-Bukhari mentions different scholars of the Sunnah from each of these lands. And the speech about them, each one individually, would take a lot of time. So go back to their biography. 
such as the book. Dear Alam al-Nubala al-Zahabi. Dear Alam al-Nubala by Al-Hafiz al-Zahabi. Or Kitab Tahdeeb al-Tahdeeb. Or the book Tahdeeb al-Tahdeeb. Ibn Hajar. By Ibn Hajar. Or Ghayriha min al-Kutub. Or other than that, from the books of biography. Al-Lati Tarjamat liha'ula. Those which contain the biographies of these scholars. Wa dhakarat ilmahum wa hifzahum. And these books would mention their knowledge and their memorizing. And the praise of the other scholars for them. So that you may recognize the nobility of this correct aqeedah, this belief. And that it is the correct belief of the best people after the Sahaba. Where is this? Where is this? How can we compare their aqidah, their belief, to the belief which has been innovated by the people of Bidah? From the people who speak from their opinion or those of the, that have taken the way of the Sufiya. Or the people of opinion or who give their intellect precedence over the text. So your aqidah, your belief, is from the pure revelation. And those who narrated it to you are the same ones who narrated the Qur'an. And those who narrated the ahadith. So be comfortable in this aqidah. And cling to it. And preserve it. Teach it to your families and your children. And call to it whomever you're able to call. With knowledge. And with gentleness. And patience upon the harm that you would face. And with good character. And in gentleness within your da'wah. And that you should abandon being harsh and severe in other than its correct way. So if you do it in this way, it is more likely for it to be accepted from you. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah said, He said, I met more than a thousand men from the people of knowledge. How wonderful is that? He found more than a thousand men from the people of knowledge. And as for today, then they don't exceed tens of men. Because this is from the signs of the hour. That knowledge will become little. Meaning knowledge of the correct sunnah will become less. And ignorance would be widespread. And Allah's pardon and protection is sought. So indeed, Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim narrated from the hadith of Anas ibn Malik from the Prophet that he said indeed from the signs of the hour that knowledge will become less. And ignorance will become widespread. And in another narration, that 
ignorance will be spread out. Imam Abu Uthman al-Sabuni. Imam Abu Uthman al-Sabuni said, Ismail ibn Abdul Rahman. He is Ismail ibn Abdul Rahman. Al-Mutawaffa Sanat. The one who died in 446 al Hijra. Takriban, or approximately the year 449 in his book with the title which means the belief of the people of Sunnah, the people of Hadith. The knowledge here in this Hadith means the Sunnah. And al-jahl or ignorance in this Hadith means bid'ah. So from the signs of the last hour, that the people of Sunnah will be few. So if the people of Sunnah are few, then what about the scholars of the people of Sunnah? They would be even fewer. Because the people of knowledge are less. As for Imam al-Bukhari, then he himself met more than a thousand scholars. And the scholars of Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah were more than 300 scholars. And the scholars of Imam al-Tabarani were likewise more than 1,200. And Allah's help is sought. So he said, I've met more than 1,000 men from the people of knowledge. So the, and the people of knowledge are the people of Sunnah. And they are the ones whom we are ordered to ask. As Allah said, what means? So ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. Sheikh Ibn Baz said, But in this verse, Ahlul Dhikr, they are the people of knowledge of the book and the Sunnah. The, the literal translation is the people of remembrance. Sheikh Ibn Baz explained that the people of remembrance, they are the people of knowledge of the book and the Sunnah. And the people of innovation are not included among them. Al-Bukhari rahimahullah said that he mentioned the lands of these From among those lands are those which still have the same names up until today. The names have not changed. In some of those lands, the names have changed. And you need to, if you want to know about these lands, then you can refer back to the books that are compilations of the lands, information about the land. So he mentioned that he met the scholars of Hijaz and Mecca and Medina. Or Hijaz, Mecca and Medina. And Kufa. And Kufa. And 
Basra. وواسط. And واسط. وبغداد. And Baghdad. هذه كلها الآن في العراق. All of these are now in Iraq. قال والشام. And الشام. ومصر. And Egypt. مصر. لقيتهم. I met them. كرات. كرات. Meaning repeatedly. أي مرات متكررة. Meaning multiple times repeatedly. قرنا بعد قرن. Generation after generation. ثم قرنا بعد قرن. Then generation after generation. يريد هنا بالقرن الجيل. الجيل والطبقة. So he means here this generation or this age group. كما في قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Like how the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said. خير الناس قرني. The best of my of my the best. The people is my current, my generation. Meaning the level of the Sahaba. Then those who come after them. Then those who come after them. Meaning the Tabi'een and those who follow the Tabi'een. Because of the Qarn here. The word Qarn either means one of two things. The first is a generation, هنا, like it means here, or it means a specific period of time, and that period of time would be 100 years. هنا, so Imam al-Bukhari's intention here is of saying that generation after generation, meaning these levels of people, generation of generation. So he met the, their scholars. And then he met the students who became scholars also. And then they had students. So he met all of these levels of people. So he said, I met them. And they were widespread. They were widespread and since more than 46 years. And then he will go into detail now. So he said the people of Sham and Jazeera, he went two times. And Sham, Yeshmal. This encompasses or includes what we say today, Syria, Syria the lands within Syria, what is considered Jordan today, and Lebanon. All of this is Sham. So all of these three, Sham, Jazeera, and Misr, he went three times. Two times. In In among different years. Numerous years. And Al Hijaz, he went over six years. And I don't have a count of how many times I went to Kufa and Baghdad. Meaning so many times he didn't know the number. مع محدثي أهل خراسان. Along with the meeting of the scholars of Khorasan. 
فالآن سيذكر أسماء لهؤلاء الأئمة. So now he'll mention names of the specific scholars in those lands. المكي بن إبراهيم ويحيى بن يحيى وعلي بن الحسن بن شقيق وقتيبة بن سعيد وشهاب بن معمر وبالشام and in Sham محمد بن يوسف التريابي وأبا مسكر عبد الأعلى بن مسكر وأبا المغيرة عبد القدوس بن الحجاج وأبا اليمام الحكم بن نافع ومن بعدهم عدة كثيرة and after them those names that I, that I mentioned many names وبمصر and as for in Egypt يحيى بن بكير يحيى بن بكير وأبا صالح كاتب الليث بن سعد وسعيد بن أبي مريم وأصبغ بن الفرج ونعيم بن حمام وبمكة عبد الله بن زيد المقرئ والحميدي أي عبد الله بن الزبير وهو أول شيخ افتتح الإمام البخاري به صحيحا so this, uh, this scholar Al-Humaydi, he is from the scholars of the Imam al-Bukhari and he, that he mentioned in the first hadith. The first hadith that he mentioned in his sahih. So he said, Al-Humaydi informed me. That Sufyan ibn Uyayna said to him, قال حدثنا يحيى بن سعيد يحيى بن سعيد تدهم قال حدثنا إبراهيم إبراهيم التيمي التيمي عن علقمة بن وقاص الليثي علقمة بن وقاص الليثي تدهم عن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إنما الأعمال بالنية Actions are only by intention. So this Humaydi that's mentioned here in this book is the same Humaydi that's mentioned in the first hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari. And he mentioned him here. Muhammad ibn Ibrahim, Yahya ibn Sa'id, قال أخبرنا Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi. Muhammad ibn Ibrahim. قال أنه سمع علقمة بن وقاص وساق الحديث. ثم قال وبالمدينة إسماعيل بن أبي أويس وهذا ابن أخت الإمام مالك ومطرف بن عبد الله وعبد الله بن نافع الزبيري وأحمد بن أبي بكر أبا مصعب الزهري وهذا أبو مصعب الزهري هو أحد رواة الموطى عن الإمام مالك one of the narrators of the book Al-Muwatta from Imam Malik. وروايته للموطة and his narration of Al-Muwatta هي آخر رواية وأتمها it is the most uh, it is the most complete and the last narration of it. وقد طبعت في مجلدين and it was printed in two volumes. قال وإبراهيم بن حمزة الزبيري وإبراهيم بن المنذر الحزامي وبالبصرة and in Basra أبا عاصم الضحاك بن مخلد الشيباني أبا عاصم أبو عاصم الضحاك بن مخلد الشيباني الضحاك بن مخلد الشيباني 
وابا الوليد هشام بن عبد الملك اي الطيالسي والحجاج بن المنهاب وعلي بن عبد الله بن جعفر المديني هذا شيخه so this, this last narrator is his sheikh الامام علي بن المديني علي علي بن المديني الذي يقول البخاري رحمه الله the one that Imam al-Bukhari said about him ما استصغرت نفسي I didn't consider myself small بين يدي أحد in front of anybody إلا عند علي بن المديني except when I was in front of Ali ibn al-Madini فهو إمام كبير so indeed he was a great imam من أئمة الحديث والسنة from the imams of hadith and sunnah وكان أبوه ضعيف الحديث and the father of Ali ibn al-Madini was weak in his narration of hadith. He had weakness in his memorizing. So they asked Ali ibn al-Madini about his father. So he withheld and waited before he answered. This was his father. So the people said to him that indeed we're going to take the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah from him. We will listen to his narration. So then when Ali ibn al-Madini heard that, that the people were going to take hadith from him, then he spoke up and said, no, that shaykh is weak. So this is from the characteristics of the people of the hadith. That they so they do not give precedence to anyone just because of who they are and they do not lie and they judge with knowledge and justice whether the person is someone close to them like a relative or someone far away and they stay away from ignorance and oppression. وقال الإمام زيد بن أبي أنيسة. And Imam Zaid ibn Abi Unaysa. فقد سئل عن أخيه يحيى. When he was asked about his brother named Yahya. لا تروا عن أخي فإنه يكذب. He said, don't narrate from my brother, because indeed he lies. فالحق عندهم مقدم. So the truth is given precedence among them. على كل أحد. Above anyone. قال الإمام البخاري وبالكوفة أبا نعيم الفضل بن دكين وهذا من أجل شيوخ الإمام البخاري وهو إمام حافظ كبير القدر وكان الإمام أحمد يجله ويبجله. And likewise, Imam Ahmed raised him up and considered him a very high status. وقد روى عنه البخاري في صحيحه كثيرا من الأحاديث. And Imam Bukhari narrated from him many ahadith that are in Sahih al-Bukhari. فتقرؤون في صحيح البخاري. So you would read in Sahih al-Bukhari. قوله حدثنا أبو نعيم. His statement that Abu Nuaym informed me. هو الفضل بن دكي. That is the same Fadl ibn Dukain. Qala wa Ubaidallah ibn Musa wa Ahmad ibn Yunus. Wa hadha Ahmad ibn Abdillah ibn Yunus. So this Ahmad ibn Abdillah ibn Yunus. Yunsabu ila jaddihi. Is ascribed to his grandfather. 
فيقال احمد بن يونس so he is called ahmed ibn yunus قال وقبيصه بن عقبه وابن نمير وعبد الله وعثمان ابن ابي شيبه عبد الله ابن ابي شيبه هو ابو بكر ابن ابي شيبه so this last one abu bakr ibn abi ibn is Abu Bakr Abdullah ibn Abi Shayba. He's the one who compiled the book Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba. And this is a book that compiles many narrations of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een. And this book is given precedence over many other books. Due to the great amount of narrations that he compiled in it. And he also has a book called Al-Musnad. And he has a book about the Arsh, the throne of Allah, and other than that from his other books. And his brother, Uthman, likewise is a reliable memorizer. Imam al-Bukhari continued by, by mentioning and in Baghdad meaning continuing on on those who met in Baghdad and he found them to be in agreement upon this belief Ahmad ibn Hanbal Ahmad ibn Hanbal Imam Ahl al-Sunnah he is the Imam of Ahl al-Sunnah so indeed he was one of the scholars and teachers of Imam and he is the one who compiled Al-Musnad, which is very big. And from his books is Usul al-Sunnah, Foundations of the Sunnah. And you all have studied that previously. He's asking you, have you all studied Usul al-Sunnah? With who have you studied it with? Do you remember who you studied it with? Sheikh Abu Sheikh Abu Anjari. With Nabil. هذا الإمام أحمد من شيوخ الإمام البخاري. So this Ahmed ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah, he's from the teachers of Imam al-Bukhari. لكن الإمام البخاري ليس حنبلي المذهب. But Imam al-Bukhari is not Hanbali in his madhab. madhab. And he was not Shafi in his madhab. madhab. Nor Maliki in his madhab. madhab. And he wasn't Hanafi in his madhab. Indeed, he used to follow the hadith. Just like all of those scholars that we just mentioned used to follow the hadith. Before the blind following of madhabs came about. Clinging to it without, with blind following. And that the people would began to blind follow it and give it precedence over the following of the ahadith and narrative. So he mentioned, from those he mentioned, Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Yahya ibn Ma'in. Yahya ibn Ma'in. Al-Imam al-Dab an sunnah who was an imam that was a defender of the sunnah. And he authored a book called the Tarikh Kabir, or the great 
history or the large book of history of biography. He is from the major scholars of criticism and praise. And he is the one who wrote Gharib al-Hadith. And he likewise authored a book called Al-Iman. And Sheikh al-Albani did a checking of that book and it is published. And likewise, he, with Abu Ubaid, he wrote Al-Tahur. And other than that from his book. So he was a great imam. And he was compared with Imam Ahmed. So look at this great number of scholars. And all of these were from the teachers of Imam al-Bukhar. And from the people of al-Jazeera. Amr ibn Khalid al-Harrani. And the meaning of Al-Jazeera here is not the Arabian Peninsula. The meaning of Al-Jazeera here is an area of Iraq now. Between these two rivers, Dijla and Narak. And in the land of Wasif, these scholars. And in Maru, this scholar, Sadaq ibn Fadl. Sadaq ibn Fadl. This, and likewise, Ishaq ibn Rahwai. This great Imam who was a memorizer and preserver of that hadith. Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal said about this scholar. No one came across the bridge of Khorasan to us who was like this Ishaq ibn Ibrahim al-Hanbali. He has many answers and religious verdicts along with Imam Ahmad. So they were two companions. Ahmed and Ishaq. And their answers together are compiled in a book called Masail of Al-Kawsaj. And it is printed and available. But Ahmed answers or asks questions. So the author, the author of that book, Al-Kawsaj, he asks Imam Ahmed, and then he asks Ishaq. And it is a book which is full of knowledge. And Imam al-Bukhari continued by saying, and we will have sufficed with mentioning these individuals. So that the book can be summarized. 
and that it will not be come too long. So he wanted to be short. So he did not mention all of those thousands. So then he said, and I did not see a single one of them. Differ regarding any of these matters. So then he mentioned Rahimullah. Nine or ten different specific points. And we will begin addressing each of those points specifically tomorrow morning, inshallah. So Imam al-Bukhari, he summarized and shortened so that it would not be too long for us. And likewise, I don't want to be too long upon you all. So we'll, so we'll suffice with what has come between Maghrib and Isha. And this almost one hour that we've covered after Isha. And inshallah, the our appointment for our third sitting, which will be here, will be. Uh, tomorrow? Ten. ten? Yes, ten a.m. Okay. May Allah reward all of you and bless you all. We'll begin with these specific points of belief tomorrow. And I have a question. Is there anything from my speech that I mentioned that you did not understand? I ask my fathers here and my brothers. If there's anything from my speech that was not understood clearly, please ask about it. So that you can understand it. Yeah, don't leave when you haven't understood. My speech clear or is there any question? Alhamdulillah. Does any of you have any questions for, for now? Anything that's been written? Anything related to this topic that we've discussed so far? And this is what's most important you have issues related to the lesson specifically, or if you have other questions related to other issues. So we can take maybe 10 minutes or so to answer some questions. May Allah aid and grant you success. This paper of questions that's come to us so far, there are two very important questions. And the answers to these questions could take from Asr all the way to Maghrib. The first question is advice to the women. Relating to how they should dress and take care of themselves when they leave the house. And the second question 
بداخله أسئلة. Inside that question or other question. وقد وقد عرفت هذا. And I see that. فسؤال عن نصيحة عامة. So the, the, the question is about general advice. كيف ننجو من الفتن? How can we protect ourselves from fitan? وسؤال عن طلب العلم. And it also includes a question about seeking knowledge. كيف نبدأ به? How do we begin seeking knowledge? أو كيف نبدأ فيه? How do we begin and start off with it? وبماذا نبدأ? And with what should we start with? وسؤال ثالث. And a third question within that question. كيف نجمع? How do we combine? بين طلب العلم. Between seeking knowledge. وطلب الرزق بالكسب. And seeking provision. والعمل والتجارة. And working and doing business. تريدون الجواب عن هذا كله الآن? You want the answer to all of this right now? بعض هذا تقدم الجواب عليه. Some of this, the answer has already come. في كلمة أمس واليوم. In my answer yesterday. وإن شاء الله يأتي الجواب عليه مع الإلقاء والدروس. And inshallah will give more clarity of answering this question during our giving of the lesson. فهي أسئلة مهمة. So they're very important questions. وإن شاء الله نجيب عليها مع الدرس. And inshallah we'll answer them along with the درس. Okay, نبدأ من السؤال الأول. First question. عبر الإنترنت. From the that has come to us from the internet. من إخواننا في سنغافورة. From our brothers in Singapore. يسأل أين خراسان الآن. He is asked where is the land of Khorasan now. هي عدة مدن. Basically it is a number of cities. وهي داخلة في دولة إيران. That are currently in the land of Iran. بارك الله فيك. May Allah bless you. So the, this uh, next question. My son who is in his youth has stopped praying. I advised him many times, but he still doesn't pray. Now I have permanently stopped talking to him. As a father, have I done the correct thing? Mm. So the, the meaning that I understand from the question. My brother Adam translated it to me. Is that his son is a youth. And he stopped praying. وهو هجره من أجل ذلك. So the father has abandoned talking to him due to that. ولا يكلمه. And doesn't speak to him. فهل فعل الصواب? So the question is as asking, has he done the right thing? الجواب على هذا السؤال. So to answer this question, نسأل الله أن يهدي ولدك. We ask Allah that He guides your son. وأن يجعله من مقيمي الصلاة. And that He makes him from those who pray. ثانيا. Secondly. نوصيك بالاستمرار في نصحه. We advise you to continually advise him. وتوجيهه. And try and guide him and point him in the right direction. ووعظه وتذكيره. And that you admonish him and remind him. ثالثاً. Third. هل هجرك له ينفع? Is your abandoning speaking to him? Does this benefit? هل سيقيم الصلاة? Does that make him start to pray? أم سيزداد إعراضاً? Or it will only make him turn away more. So if you abandon him, who will he go to? He will go to worse things than what he's doing. 
وقطعت وسيلة النصح له and you were cutting off the means for him to be advised فأنت في مثل هذا المجتمع so you in this type of society that you live in وهذا البلد in this land هل إذا هجرت ولدك if you abandon your child ولم تكلمه قط and you completely stop talking to him هل ينتفع is that beneficial to him أم يذهب إلى ما هو أشد كذلك or he will probably go to that which is worse ويزداد سوءا and become even more bad فأرى ترك ذلك so I see that you should stop abandoning والاستمرار في نصيحته and that you should continue to advise him بالرفق in a gentle way ودعوته and calling him وتعليمه and teaching him والصبر عليه and being patient with him مع الدعاء له while you continue to make dua for him دعا إبراهيم Ibrahim made dua Rabbi j'alni muqim as-salat Oh Allah, make me from those who establish the prayer ومن ذريتي and from my descendants Rabbana wa taqabbal dua Oh my Lord, oh our Lord, accept this supplication فعليك الآن الاستمرار بالدعاء So upon you is to continue in making dua والدعوة and in calling him بالتوجيه والنصر calling him to guide him and point him right direction and give him advice. ثالثاً والأمر الثالث and the third affair أي بعد الدعاء والدعوة meaning after calling him and making dua for him إذا استطعت if you are able to أن توجهه to guide him and point him إلى صحبة جيدة to good companionship من أهل السنة from the people of Sunnah محافظة على الصلاة those who preserve their salat so that he can be with them even if it is something from the worldly affair some type of activity like working with them or doing business with them or even going for some type of recreation then he should see or he should get good effects from them may Allah aid everyone my male Muslim neighbor passes away, is it allowed for me as a male to go to his house and see the deceased, see the dead body? That which I understand from the question is that the brother, may Allah preserve him, is asking that he has a neighbor who is not Muslim and that neighbor has died. يجوز له so is it permissible for him أن يرى جثته to see his dead body في بيته في بيت جاره in the house of his neighbor وأن يعزي أهله and that he gives condolences to the family فالجواب so the answer is يجوز له رؤية جاره it's permissible for him to see the, his neighbor ورؤية جثته and that his neighbor's body ويعزيهم and that he gives them condolences without making dua for his mercy or without seeking forgiveness for him. Because Allah the Mighty and Majestic said it was not for the Prophet nor those who believed أن يستغفروا للمشركين to seek forgiveness for the people of shirk ولو كانوا أولي قربة even if they are relatives من بعد ما تبين لهم after the 
clear guidance has been, or after it has been made clear to them. أنهم أصحاب الجحيم. That they are from the people of the hellfire. وما كان استغفار إبراهيم لأبيه. And the seeking of forgiveness of Ibrahim for his father was not. إلا عن موعدة وعدها إياه. Except due to except due to a promise that he had for him. فلما تبين له. So once it became clear to him that he was an enemy of Allah, then he freed himself from it. So this is from the, this is of course the meaning of what Allah said. And we say, we say for example, we say for example as a condolence, may Allah give you good. Or other than that, from the statements. Statements that don't include seeking forgiveness or seeking mercy. For that one that has died. Or for those who are alive. And Allah knows better. And there are narrations on this topic from some of the Sahaba that have been narrated Al-Imam Al-Bukhari fi Al-Adab Al-Mufrad by Imam Al-Bukhari in his book Al-Adab Al-Mufrad wa sahihaha Al-Albani fi Sahih Al-Adab and Imam Al-Albani rahimahullah had authenticated those next question if my children who are above the age of 10 do not pray properly for example they are looking around and not saying the prescribed du'as while praying as a punishment, can I cancel off activities that they enjoy, such as football or cycling? Al-Jawab, the answer, from that which I understand from this answer, from this question, that the brother is asking, that he has children that are at least 10 years old that do not pray properly and they look around in it or they move around a lot and other than that so is it permissible for him to punish them by preventing them from doing certain activities like playing football or other than that I say لماذا أجد why do I find في أسئلتكم in your questions الانتقال إلى العقوبة دائما why do I find in your questions that you go directly to punishment هناك شيء directly هناك شيء قبل العقوبة there is something that should come before punishment وهو التعليم that is teaching them والصبر and being patient with them والرفق and gentleness with them والتشجيع والهدية and encouraging them and giving them gifts قل له say to them for example أحسن الصلاة pray correctly وهذه كرة جديدة لك هدية and this is a new ball for you هذا أحسن this is better فاستعمل معه الترغيب so use encouragement with them والتعليم and teaching والتشجيع Encouragement and motivation. And there's no harm in teaching them manners. Or some type of 
punishment such as raising your voice or speaking harshly with them as long as that doesn't lead to pushing them farther away. And that, so they might need some of this. Before you begin to abandon them. Or preventing them from doing other things. And there's no doubt. That preventing them or stopping them from doing things. Is from those means that can be used in education and in treating a problem. But it is not always a successful method. So you should start with other than that. And I ask Allah that he rectifies And that he gives us understanding of the religion and them. And Allah knows that. Is it permissible to use doll? Is it permissible to use doll? And likewise, we'll group it with the second question. Is it permissible to draw pictures? And they put in brackets figures. So I, I think this means uh, like human without eyes, nose, or a nose for teaching purposes. Is it permissible to draw pictures without eyes or a nose for teaching purpose? The answers to this question. What I understand from it. Is that they're asking on affairs related to. Related to cultivating or raising daughters. And in getting toys for them. And some of these toys like uh, some of these are dolls like in the shape or form of a girl that your daughter might play with. So she might brush its hair for example and put clothes on it or other things that they might do with playing with that type of Using toys for this type of purpose that many of the scholars have given verdicts about it. And they refer to the hadith of Aisha that it it was made that Aisha had dolls made for her. She had, she had made for her toys from wool and from fabric. So they might have been formed into the shape of a horse and it had wings. So, so you might be used pieces of wood wrapped with this wool and fabric. So these type of toys were taken. So there's no harm in using these types of things in teaching and cultivation without taking up all of the time. And the second part of the question from what I've understood, 
and the second part I understand that in, includes both boys and girls. لتعليم الرسم. And it involves teaching drawing. أو لتعليم بعض الحيوانات. Or teaching, for example, different types of animals. فيرسم. So someone might draw. شكله. The image or the shape of that animal. لكن. But. لا يرسم على الوجه. But he doesn't draw on the face. العينين والأنف وغير ذلك. The eyes or the nose or the mouth or other than that from the parts of the face. أي لا تظهر أمارات وجه. Meaning the the signs of the face are not present. إلا دائرة أو غير ذلك. Except just a circle or other than that. وهذا بغرض التعليم. And this is for the intent of teaching. منه ما يكون في المدارس. So this might be in schools. إلزاما للطلاب. So this might be necessary upon the students in the school. And sometimes this might happen from the parents. So I say to you, brothers, that there are many ahadith that are authentic, that are severe, that are severe in the, in the regards to the making of images and drawing. Or of anything that has a soul. So try and guide them to drawing trees. And seas and mountains and other than that. And don't make their hearts. And their pens. Don't make their hearts and their pens connected to drawing those things which have souls. So that they grow up doing that. And then it becomes harder for them to leave that off. Afterwards. So try and point them and guide them to drawing other than what has souls. So if they need to draw other than that, then only up to that which is necessary. By, such as by cutting off the head. And as come in, a, in the hadith, indeed, and that, that the Messenger وسلم, said what means, indeed, indeed the image is the head. So if the head is cut off, then it's not considered an image. Or by wiping out the signs of the face. And when you do that, you should also inform them about the ahadith that have come regarding that. And I hope that, that I have understood the question. And that I hope that I did well in answering the question. So if it is correct, then it is from Allah. And if, it, if I was mistaken, that it is from Allah. And Allah and His Messenger are free from that. And I hope that all of you have understood the answer. Question uh, from, uh, from the internet. Is it permissible for a sister to reply to a salam from a stranger who is a Muslim male? This question. Yes, I understand that the questioner is asking. And may Allah 
aid and give them success? هل يجوز للمسلمة is it permissible for a Muslim woman? كبيرة هذا من عندي التفصيل. Did I understand that the this is for a mature? كبيرة في السن أو شابة. Adult Muslim woman or a mature youth woman, youthful woman. أن تلقي السلام على على أجنبي عنها. That she gives the salam to a stranger. أو ترد عليه إذا هو سلم عليها. Or that she returns the salam if he gives her salam first. الجواب. The answer is. يجوز ذلك. It is permissible. لعموم الأدلة. Due to the general proof. دون أن تخضع بالقول. Without trying to beautify the speech. وتلين في الخطاب. And making the speech soft. وكذلك. And also. لا تحتاج. It's not needed. إلى ما يذكره بعضهم. That some of the people say. أنها تغلب صوتها. It's not needed that some people say the woman should intentionally make her voice rough and try and change her voice to make it sound rough and unattractive. <laughs> As if it's the sound of a man who has just come out from the sea. This is not correct. This is from making making things difficult and overcomplicated. But rather she answers in her natural voice. She says, Wa alaykum salam. Walhamdulillah. And also that is Salah. And some scholars of fiqh that the older woman in age that there is no problem. And as for a younger woman, then she cannot do that. Uh, out of, and they say this out of fear of her being afflicted by some type of fitna. Or that she causes fitna for someone else. But there is no proof for the scholars that try and make that difference. And Allah knows best. We agreed previously that the uh, question and answers would be 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's been about 30 minutes. And you, you all deserve that. And you deserve more than that. Due to your efforts. And your patience. And your continuing upon this goodness. We ask Allah to aid us and you all. We thank all of you for your attendance. And the, we thank those brothers who listen or are listening over the internet. And their participation with us. By asking questions and following. So we ask Allah for aid and success and reward for all of us. And our appointment is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Sri Lankan time. As per Colombo's local time.